0: Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from our fair city's glorious history. So listen and remember. Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. Paradise, dear listeners, is a difficult thing to define. Is your Shangri-La a place where the air is always warm and blueberry algae bars grow from the trees? Could your Arcadia be a place where mole people periodically emerge from beneath your furniture to give you cold drinks and then scuttle away? No. For corporate policy tells us that an ideal happiness level is achieved by forever meeting one's quota but outside of the city's walls, with no quota to meet and no manual to light the path to happiness and productivity, who knows what false idols may lead a once loyal policy to a mirage of satisfaction. This is why, dear listeners, when our survivors out on the tundra stumble upon a place of moderate warmth with lichens and the occasional leafy plant, they falsely believed that this small patch of nature matched the criteria for paradise.
1: <laughs> a shrubby sedge you cannot eat, but willow shoots a tasty treat! Oh, wow.
0: So that's what you Wish we'd had you around earlier. Tell us another, Miss Dora. Yeah! yeah. yeah.
1: Dippa dapple, bad blue apple, but dry as ear you may hold dear.
2: Morning, Allie. Neil.
3: (laughs) Let me guess. Cooking lessons again.
2: Well, now that no one's strangling each other over missing stuff or getting munched on, we can get learned on what to eat and other survival-y things. Speaking of missing stuff...
3: No. Nothing's been stolen since those whole two packs of supplies went missing. Even though that idiot Dolly is still crying about his lucky mole's foot. Thankfully, our lovely naturaliste has been keeping us well-stocked enough to make it. Though... In a pinch,
1: you can throw some mice in water with wither bark, and that will cure any stomach ailments you can think of. Oh.
3: Sometimes I think starving to death would be better.
2: <laughs> Allie, you're such a kidder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd be lost without you, Dora. Figuratively and literally.
1: Nonsense. You're all strong policies. You would have found your way back eventually. Though I suppose it's possible that the dogs might have picked you off one by one and then had themselves a thoroughly wonderful Exclusion Day meal.
3: Ah, Zeus! Do the
1: wolves celebrate Exclusion
3: Day, too? <clears throat> I think what we need, boys, is another big helping of those roots that our guide showed us. Make sure you bring your weapons with you this time. We can't know if there aren't any wolves. <laughs> predators lurking around. Look smart. Get out of here. Allison, you coming with? I think Dora and I will stay here and finish lunch. Keep an eye on Lomi for you. She's looking awfully peaky. Besides, Dora and I have so much to discuss. You do? Black like what? Oh, you know, woman stuff. Did I ever tell you about my friend Sue who took some time off for mandatory labor policy recruitment?
2: You mean she switched careers? No, I mean she
3: was about to have quintuplets. And then when she got to the maternity ward, they found out she was actually having sex tuplets. She was so packed full of babies that all this goop started to no, Never
2: mind. Never mind. We will give you two some space to talk about your... stuff.
3: That's very sweet of you.
2: Is that really how policies
3: are made?
1: I don't know, but it sounds gross.
3: It's funny. You'll see Neil tightrope across a power cable or brag about how much waste he's shooted in a day, but he'll scram at the first mention of babies. A useful bit of leverage. What happened to your friend Sue? How many pups did she have? None, because she doesn't exist.
1: Oh, yes. It would be difficult to give birth if you're not real. Wouldn't it?
3: Let me help you finish cutting up these roots. What did you say they're called again? The
1: scientific name of this plant, unfortunately, has been lost to the ravages of time. So I've taken the liberty to dub this plant Old Man's Eyelids. Maybe later I'll
3: help you come up with some
1: better names. If you insist. So, Dora, I'm very interested to know more about you. What is it you do for the company, exactly? Oh, Nothing terribly interesting. Scrape windows, wash windows with antifreeze and chemicals. You know, it's entirely futile, so it gives me lots and lots of time to meddle about with plants and animals. And yourself?
3: Currently between positions. Anyways, you seem to be having a wonderful time with the crew. And with Neil. Especially with Neil.
1: Oh. I see what you're doing.
3: I beg your pardon?
1: You want to wrestle over the alpha female position of the pack because you're not securing your leadership dominance and you want to assure mating rights with Neil. What? That's preposterous. Why didn't I see it before? Very well. Prepare yourself, Miss Allison. Though I must warn you, I am made of even tougher stuff than a steel tree stick. Quit it. Ugh, I don't fight you? Don't you dare touch me. Why are you Uh, crouching uh, like... uh, (coughs) 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 What fun! (laughs) You're a bit stronger than a raccoon pup even though you're smaller than one, aren't you? (coughs) Stay still and let me
3: bite your knee! No! no! Don't go! Why are your teeth so sharp?
1: I love. I did it!
3: I beat you! I...
1: Oh, God!
3: Why is your hair in my mouth? It's so nice to have a friend, isn't it? <laughs> don't... Don't be stupid. We're not friends. I'm a captain and
1: you're just a guide. Captains, guides, companions, compatriots. That's why I followed that flare. of truth be told. It's hard to see only one or two people a year. The growing piles and piles of dead people next to my house don't count, of course. Corpses don't talk or wrestle or share their woolly socks in a freeze, do they?
3: Corpses?
1: Uh, yes, C-O-R-P-S-E-S. It is a noun and meaning the deceased remains of a previously living individual. Cadaver would be a synonym. Thank you. I know what the word
3: means. Why are there growing piles of... Oh, old oh, brown pardon me, must stir the soup.
2: Is it safe to come in? I just wanted to see if you think the soup will be good with these uh, what'd you call them again? The, the green colon nuggets.
1: Oh, the nuggets would be just
3: splendid with the wild onion warts! Neil, sweetie, we were in the middle of some very important talk.
2: Oh, sorry, but uh, Dora just went out the Dora with the soup. What?
3: Wait a second.
2: Do you get it? Dora? And her name's Dora? You're
3: brilliant, Neil.
1: Never mind. She's not going anywhere. Dinner is served, gents. I'm sorry I couldn't make a more pleasing look to it, but the nuts, berries, and cola nuggets will hit the spot, I'm sure. Ladle up!
2: i never had anything like this before. Who knew that stuff besides algae could be food? Well, the higher-ups get this kind of stuff all the time, I'm sure. I heard they get things like fruit, meat, and even pie. Ah, you know, that's probably just made-up stuff, like summer or the moon. But if we'd heard that there was all this stuff out here, we never would have believed it either. Especially this place.
1: If I may hypothesize, I believe this is a dumping ground for the ants. They probably push all these bones and unedible bits from the nest out here. All the extra nutrients from decay and the proximity to a geothermal vent has created this luscious paradise. Nature at its most resourceful. Fetch, Emerson! It's almost a shame we'll be leaving so soon.
2: Can't we stay a while longer? It's so nice here. Warmth. Safety? Colon nuggets?
1: If we had teeth like Emerson, we could slurp out all the nutritious marrow these appetizing bones have to offer. Alas, with our inadequate non-canine canines, it would only be a matter of days before we eat the remaining edibles and then starve to death. Fetch, Emerson! I hate to
3: admit it, but Roosevelt is right. We're already running out of food here to eat, but we're close to the tower. Our stores
1: can hold out till then. Splendid, I do hope there will be food in the tower for you.
2: Why wouldn't there be?
1: I have seen more than the usual number of undernourished, emaciated bodies out in the death fields lately. That and it seems my weekly ration drop-offs have stopped. Though I don't mind, as I've made quite a nice crock of clover pod butter to last the whole winter. Fetch, Emerson!
2: You mean policies are starving in the city?
1: Oh... I wouldn't worry too much. It might not be starvation. It could be something much less innocuous, like a plague, mass fever, a woken rampage, etc., etc. A plague? I didn't mean to frighten you. I'm sure your loved ones are just fine and dandy. What if they haven't starved or turned into the undead? That is, the undead. What's
3: more important right now is that we don't starve. We're riggers, whatever the situation is, I'm sure we can handle it. We can worry about everything else later. We're worried now. Oh, I get it, I get it. You're all getting lazy, Hmm. You sit and sing your little campfire songs with your buddy Roosevelt, but you won't put in any work. Well, how about this one then? Berries are blue, algae is green. Get off your asses and do as I say.
1: You got it, boss. What an effective person that Allison is. Handy with a kettle, too.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Oh, no. I don't mean it in a bad way at all. She is a good pack leader. Like the biggest, most slobbery wolf in the pack that's best at chewing up all the other pack members' ears. She keeps everyone in line. She's a
2: great gal. Well, she was.
1: She was?
2: She, uh... She did some stuff.
1: Like peeing on your bedsheets to mark her territory? Or eating your wart muffins when you turn away for a pot of wart tea?
2: Worse than that.
1: Oh, I can't imagine anything worse than that. A dog as big as Emerson can hold a lot of pee. I
2: I don't really want to talk about it. It's over now anyways. You, you should come back with us, Dora. There's some interesting stuff in the city if you're hankering to study something. Mold. Woken. Some weird stuff down in the waste fields, too, if you're interested to know the whole color spectrum of doo-doo.
1: It does sound delightful, Neil, but I will be just dandy. Soon my notebooks will be bursting with the most beautiful sketches of nomad fungi, gristle shroom, and louse moss. Maybe I'll even be able to collect an ant molt or two.
2: Right. Of course. Well, I was lucky to meet you, Dora. Put her there.
1: Put who where?
2: I meant let's shake on it.
1: On what?
2: A handshake? You know, the the thing where you put your hand in mine and we do the up and down motion.
1: Oh, yes. A handshake. A ritual of tenderly but firmly grasping the hand of a favored individual as a sign of greeting, sportsmanship, equanimity... Or, or, affection.
2: Right. You can let go now.
1: What a strong handshake. So strong, so capable. I would love to see what else those hands could do. I bet they could punch a bull raccoon out, or maybe even be delicate enough to pluck a dandelion without Breaking the stem, yes?
2: adora uh, Dora, I think you're speaking your thoughts aloud again.
1: Oh? Oh my, would you look at the time. I, I must be off to de-ice some windows. But we're all the way out I on the- I will find some! Was
2: it something I said?
0: Outside of heart life, there is no happiness. It is unsurprising, nay, ideal then that a nascent love like Dora and Neil's should sputter and die in the cold world outside. After all, what hope could there be for a relationship formed outside the company's compatibility equations? Policies, remember. Save yourself for the true satisfaction that can only come from a sanctioned domestic partnership. And listen on as the story of our fair city continues.